to another edition of I Am Sheila Michelle, the podcast. Today, I am so excited to be seated on this sofa with the one and only Tiana White, known to many as Pretty Pockets. She is the CEO of Whiteway Trucking Inc. and Pretty Mother Trucker. Tiana's firsthand experience is in small fleet HR operations, freight dispatch, over-the-road driving, and most importantly, coaching and consulting. She has educated herself through hands-on experiencing experiences. She dominates her position as a woman in trucking. She is the power behind, what is found to you, Tiana? <laughs> um, pretty Mother Trucker. Tiana has a commitment to educate, equip, and empower aspiring trucking bosses to really get a bag while elevating in business. At the peak of her accomplishments, aiding hundreds of people building their trucking empire, Tiana's mission is to evolve higher. As an entrepreneur, a mother of three, an influencer, Tiana continues to motivate others to navigate through their goals with confidence. Yes, let me give you a hand, Thank girl. you. Come thank you for through. having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, you look thank beautiful. You. Thank you. So do you. Thank you. Sexy, sexy, sexy. <laughs> so I love that... Um, I love this bio, but I just feel like, well, I'm in your presence is so much bigger than this. Like, you know, you have this um, aura and this huge persona and energy about you. But then at the same time, like you can tell that you also are like very soft and very loving. Yeah. Well, I get that energy. Thank you. you. So tell us, how did um, Pretty Pockets, how how, how did we go from Tiana White to Pretty Pockets? Well, um, where I've grown up from, um, I'm from San Bernardino, California. Okay. And um, this is like my early adulthood, me just trying to get money, working hard. Um, I used to take care of like my sisters and helping my family out. Um, I needed like other ways to make money. So I started this movement called Pretty Pockets, which was just girls getting money. Because when people would ask me what I do, like I did a little bit of everything. Any way that I could make some money, not in a bad way, but just make extra income. Like if I'm selling clothes, if I'm, you know, booking shows, if I'm hosting clubs, I was in school, I was working. So I was like playing multiple roles of like nine to five, having night jobs, having extra streams of income coming in. Well, we call them streams of income now. Right. (laughs) Back then it was like just having an extra hustle, right? And so um, the movement of Pretty Pockets was really just about ambitious women Mm. going after their goals, wanting to make money, wanting to better themselves, really just not being lazy. So it was like, I used to call it like the anti-lazy movement. Like long as you're up and you're getting up every day and you're doing something to better yourself. And it, it popped off really big. And so around that time, even Instagram was fresh. I started the Pretty Pockets page and I was selling shirts about the different things you could do, like nurse shirts and working shirts and cosmetology shirts. Mm -hmm. And so the brand started doing well. You know, once you drop merch with brand, um, it stuck. Everyone knows me as Pretty Pockets. And um, I really love what it's behind, like the sisterhood about it, the encouragement that is just not focused on one industry or one thing because... I remember when I when I dropped, um, it was a shirt called About That Wife. Mm-hmm. That was a part of my line. I dropped nine different shirts when I first launched Pretty Pockets. And everyone was like, what's about that wife? And I'm like, there's a lot of women who are housewives. Mm-hmm. And they may not go out in the field and work, but I don't want to forget them. Right. They take care of home. They take care of their husband. The husband is a breadwinner, but ultimately it's a dynamic that they have. And she's still getting up, taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, taking care of the home. So I didn't want to leave out any woman that just gets up and do what they need to do, no matter what environment they were in. So I love it. You know, y'all can call me Pretty Pockets. Okay. Uh, I go by Pretty Pockets now more than I do Tiana. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess I still see you as Tiana, but I guess everybody, I guess... I mean, I first knew you as Pretty Pockets before I actually met you in person. Then you got to know me. And then, yeah, yeah and I I feel more Tiana. Mm-hmm. But um, 
But what I love, though, is because what you just um, hit me to, you just put me on game, is that Pretty Pockets is a movement because I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a nickname. And so really, like... Pretty Pockets is like gang gang, like yes, absolutely. <laughs> but money gang gang, yes. like in a good way. Yeah. So it there there is a value. It sounds like there is a value system there. You know, it's 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 a tribe probably before tribes. Yeah, you know, really existed in the social space, and so you're essentially encouraging women and young women, which is super important. Like, hey, you know, you need to be about your goals and. You need to be prepared to work hard and, you know, you need to think outside of the box and you need to be open. And yes. th that's what I just got from that. That's great. Okay. All right. Cool beans. So, because you're not that old, right? No, I'm 21. <laughs> right. 21. <laughs> Do something for me. <laughs> but what what I was about to ask is like, did you always have this leadership? Because the other thing that I heard is that you've been a leader for a while, right? Um, and it, and I hear community as well. So like, where did that value system or how did those things become important to you? Like, how did it become important to you? to pursue dreams, goals, things that you want in life, material or not, and to, like, bring other people on the way? Like, when did that kind of set in for you? To be very transparent, I believe that is set for me at a young age because of my personal life, my upbringing. I'm the oldest of five girls. Okay. Um, and just my upbringing, I had to step up in a lot of ways, even when I wasn't prepared and it just taught me to take take the lead, make sure everybody's good. So I was the oldest of five girls, and we're not too far. I believe the young me between me and my youngest sister were about eight years apart. Okay. So my mom kind of had kids back to back a lot, and so just being the oldest of 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 a lot of girls, I kind of took on a motherly role towards them very young. Mm. So. As a result of that, as a woman, uh, you know, growing to be a woman, I'm making sure they're good mm -hmm. all the time. And then when I started into the work, work field, I was only 14. Mm -hmm. um, I immediately got hired on, you know, working in like a like mom and pops type store in the mall. Mm -hmm. Go to school, go to work right. very young, again, to help out my mom. And within like six months, I was giving keys to three different stores in the mall from mm -hmm. this family. And I was like 16 driving mm -hmm. the different stores. So very early on, I was given in the work field a lot of responsibility. Right. And then so from there, I believe it just stemmed of me taking the lead to be the direction and where I'm from. A lot of people were getting led in the wrong ways. Right. So it's like I had to be firm and like I need to be able to make the decisions. Right. I need to be at the forefront of where I want my life to go. And because I know I was moving in positive ways and I always wanted to elevate and grow past, mm -hmm. you take your people with you. So it's like mm -hmm. the nurturer, like, OK, come over here. I'm going to show you a way. But I got you. Mm -hmm. I got all my friends jobs with me when we were working young. Mm -hmm. So leadership I think it became it came naturally and then I love being a leader yeah because I, I love that now and as a grown woman as a brand as a trusted brand I don't really attract as many you think people think if you're a leader you're you're always having followers right but I feel like for my brand I attract other leaders come on so that's something right there yeah I attract other leaders and to be able to lead leaders yeah it's yeah. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely, that definitely, um, is amazing because I'm thinking to myself, I know you're a Gemini. Oh yeah. But I feel that could like, be a good thing. But, about I, but, I, but I got, but I got, <laughs> I got Leo energy right now. You do? But I know you're a Gemini. Yes, I am. Um, Juneteenth baby. Yes. Yes. And maybe that's it. Maybe that, maybe that's the thing, the Juneteenth. Um, because there's so much power and strength and believe it or not, I would never have thought that you were the oldest child. No, I, um, I have this game that I play with myself where I guess people's birth orders and I guess their sign, their Zodiac signs. I just do. I don't pretty know. accurate, pretty accurate most yeah. of the time. And I actually take you more as a middle child. 
because you seem so even tempered, but I also know how y'all Gemini's rock because I'm married to one. But I take you as like, you know, more even tempered, you know, like you're you're a leader. And I feel like you're maybe one of those level five leaders that they talk about in that book, Good to Great, which is where very unassuming. Do you know what I mean? Like not necessarily looking for the cameras or the microphone. Like, you know, they just do what they do to get stuff done. Yeah. So, But if the cameras and the microphone come, (laughs) I'll be ready. In, In the age of content, absolutely. Right. In the age of content. Absolutely. You I I think we have to definitely embrace cameras and microphones like it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you you got to be seen and heard. So you either got to be seen because you're writing and your writing is showing up somewhere or you got to be seen because, you know, you smiling and you taking a picture. You speaking. I mean, right now, people have to be very they have to be very visible. I think a big part of the transition of the different types of like leading or starting tribes or brands like the transparency. Do you like, do you notice like when you're very transparent about your business, like the good, the bad also like with our lifestyle, when you put yourself in a, a position to be a leader, even like in my industry, it forces me to be transparent sometimes. Yeah. And not all the time you want to be transparent or you want to open up. So I think like a challenge in that space was the transparency for me. Yeah. You know, when you grow up and, you, and well, how I grew up was like, what happens in this house stays in this oh, house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like a lot yeah, of us. If, if you got if you got a black mama or close to it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a I have a white mom, but this, she I think she got stuck in a white body. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the transparency of like just how you know you you've been brought up, um, the challenges, yeah. like even in business, uh, I'm, we're put at the forefront to show what we do and how well we do it, and then there's the transparency and that's what allowed people to attract to you yeah and I feel like it's it's a a bridge that a lot of leaders have to cross and be open to being transparent yeah you know well you said for us and I'm like "Mm, not really though I feel like it's a decision um that's true. I feel like I do feel like it's a decision. Um, and I'm I'm not gonna say, you know, some people are fake and phony or fraud because they're not transparent, but I definitely feel like it is a when you because it's a narrative. I'm transparent because I like to control my narrative. Somebody can do something crazy to me, baby. I'm gonna turn it into a story. Cause I'm gonna control the narrative. Um, but I also like transparency just because it's easier. I've never been a person who had game. So it's just easy to be me than to sit up here and try to let me figure out what move you're going to make so I can figure out what move I'm going to make or what you're going to say and what I'm going to say. It's much more easy for me to be genuine. Um, I'm perceiving that when you say force, like that's your core, your internal system. Like, hey, Tiana, to be true to yourself, like you got to do this. I, I think it's more being relatable. Okay. When you're transparent about some of your experiences and you're speaking to an audience or people who don't know you, mm-hmm. your transparency allows them to relate to you in some aspect. Yeah. And then with the relatability, you have a connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you, is that what you attribute to the growth of? I think being relatable has allowed me to being grow. Relatable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Being pretty too. Yeah. <laughs> being a hustler too yeah being, like everyone sees me work hard yeah they i have pretty days and i have a lot of rough well being in trucking yeah i'm either like glammed and yeah. cute or i'm homeless looking like it's not an in-between yeah. with me so but men like that yeah yeah they do um Don't be i find that i find when i look i used to you're a woman they like you <laughs> before i got before i got married i used to say why is it when you look like a crackhead like you get hit on the most warming to you. you get hit on the most yeah <laughs> but i also heard that it could be because like men like to see the opportunity to contribute or improve and so when you look like you need help (laughs) when you look like you need help like you know they want to come scoop you up and help you but you know when you looking like 
whatever. You know, they like, okay, never mind. I think it's more so too when you're looking like how you look all glammed and beautiful. Right. You're out and you're maybe walking into a store. You, you're intimidating. Like she's beautiful. She looks, you smell good. It's like. But that ain't that what you want, bro? Yeah, but some men are intimidated. Yeah. So what what um what do you feel like? What's the number one thing that your mom told you that you're like it 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 never like whether you hold on to it because you want to or whether it just pops in your head? What's the number one thing that your mom told told you? That she always told me I had a gift. Mm. And she always told me, no matter like what you wear, what you have on, any any atmosphere you're ever in. You will always shine. You'll always be mm-hmm. one of the best. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's just your personality. That's who you are. And just never forget that. Yeah. Like, don't ever think that, like, you're here. Just always know you're here and move like you're here. Act like you're here. Work like you're here. Because, like, you are that. I love that. And she's always motivated me and supported me a lot. So the number one thing I would say, those are, like, some of her words that she's always told me over and over. So she put gas in your car and it never ran Mm-mm. out. Yeah. That I love that. That is, especially coming from your mom. Like how much how much affirmation would you need from anything else? So that's and it, it sticks with me. A lot of the things she says sticks with me because we we weren't financially stable. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't put me in positions to be okay financially right. or like put me in schools. Right. So for her that was she all she could do was put a battery in my pack. I guess baby go. Go. Yeah. I see you. I love it. Yeah, and that actually was more valuable than anything. Yeah. So I've seen um cuz of course I follow you. So I've seen you and your sister. So like what's y'all sister code? Like is it when y'all go somewhere, everybody leaving together? Is oh, it, yeah. it with like what what's that sister code mm-hmm. that y'all have? I'm going to give you another thing from my mom. Y'all don't even need no friends. I had enough kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Y'all don't need no friends. Y'all don't really need friends. Y'all, I had enough kids. It's enough for y'all. Y'all close in age. Yeah. Y'all be all right. I love so, that. So um, actually, one of my sisters uh, flew out with me out here to Atlanta, um, and she just got on a flight. But we just, we have fun. Um, we're really tight. We're really close. And I know if you like, if you follow me, you see like we're we're together a lot, my mom yeah. and my sisters. And we're just like, we rock with each other. Of yeah. course, we're girls, so we get catty. Yeah. We get into it a little bit, but we, it doesn't really go past that. And then we, okay, so this is one of the codes we have. Because as women, we vent and we talk. So we have a code within our sisterhood, our sistership. Um, we're not allowed to talk about each other with our friends. That's right. But if we talk about each other with another sister, it's okay. <laughs> well, I mean... Listen, so, like, we got to keep the drama. Gotta we got to keep the, the whatever's going on yeah. within here. And it, it's not for our friends to yeah. know. But if you want to go, like, hey, guess what? Yeah. You know, this sister did. Y'all could gossip about me a little yeah. bit, but don't talk about me too. Yeah. Friends. So that's that's our code that we have with our sisters. That is amazing. No, no talking about each other to the outside yeah. world. So what is, so if you had to pick one word to describe you all as sisters, what would it be? Solid. I love that. That's so important. Mm. That's so important. I think I'm getting emotional thinking about it. (laughs) That's okay. You can cry out here. (laughs) No, that's good. I love that. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's move down a little bit. I had some questions for you. Um, I want to get into the business side okay. a little bit. Right. So, um, obviously, you're beautiful. Thank right? you. Um, you're very ladylike. You're intelligent. Um, what prompted you to go into trucking when you could have been a model because you're beautiful? Um, you could have done many other things with your intellect. There's nothing wrong with trucking, right? It takes intellect to run trucking, but there, because it's not like, oh, this is what, like I have, like I have to do. Right. And like you're feminine. So it's not like you're looking to be, you know, lifting a lot of heavy things or dealing with the mechanics of a truck. 
So tell us about that journey. It was a, it's been a long one. Um, well, first, how I got into trucking before I got directly into trucking, I made a switch from being in school and being in retail for many years. And I was a retail manager and um, I was in college at night. I had two kids. I was pregnant with my third one. And I had a lot of medical restrictions with my last pregnancy, which is my son. Okay. And a company I worked for for nine years at this time made millions of dollars. They pretty much just didn't have my back. Okay. The time would be too long that I would need to be out. I couldn't. They said I couldn't handle my, my obligations there. And so without laying me off, they laid me off. But they did it in a legal way of like, well, you can take some time off, but if you need to extend your medical leave or your family leave legally over six weeks, eight weeks, if you're not returning, you're not guaranteed your position. So they guaranteed me a job back, but they said they cannot guarantee my district manager, retail manager, area manager position. So I left and I left with a 401k because I did have a, a great regional manager when I got in at 19 with that company that said, Hey, save. And so I left with like close to 30,000 when I left. Wow. And I was like, I'm never going to work for anybody again. And, um, I opened up a nightclub and opened up a hookah lounge. I got into like the nightlife because pretty pockets at that time, we started getting really popular. We got, we got popular in the clubs. So I used to host a lot and I used to bring a lot of girls out So the nightlife was a really, it was a money engine for me. And so I got into club owning and, like I said, lounges, entertainment. And um, when I didn't know how to operate a business, because, again, it was new to me. I didn't do well. I ended up failing. And so when I pulled out, I had an amount of money and I had to make decisions. It was like one of those moments I was just thinking, what am I going to do? Yeah. I didn't finish college yet. I didn't have a degree. I don't have my job to fall back on. I'm like, what? This has to work. Whatever I'm going to invest this in next, I need it to work. And I didn't move quick. And uh, my son's dad actually started putting a bug in my ear. Like, why don't you just get trucks? Like, they make money. Because I was more on the side of, like, not what I like to do, but what's going to bring in good income. Uh, So it was money motivated. Okay. Looked at the numbers. You know, it's a high investment, but... Trucking, you can make yeah. 10 grand a yeah. week on a truck. So I'm like, 30 grand a month, 40 grand a month. All right, let's do it. And it just started, you know, like poking my nose around to look into equipment. And once I made a decision to buy it because of the money, I didn't know yeah. how to run a company. So that part was very challenging. But I never intended on driving. I never intended of being the one underneath the yeah. hood sometimes, being broken down on the side of the road. All the the things that I am I share about my journey of even me being a truck driver originally, that wasn't the plan. It was to be on the investment side. Mm-hmm. But you know, in business, you got to be in your business. And what I didn't know is the driver, how the drivers would quit on you, and how the equipment would break down, and right. the expenses were really high. So I jumped in seeing numbers, not knowing anything about this industry. And so me learning along the way was very, I wasted a lot of time and money, but also I had my son's dad that was like, you know, well, I'll drive once we lost our, you know, my first driver. And then he went to prison. Yeah. So it was like, I had a game plan. I thought I had a team. I thought it was going to flow a certain kind of way. And it was like, oh no, no, you're going to have to drive. You're going to have to stay in your business because again, remember I just had that investment. So it's like, I can't lose what I started. And so being a woman in this in trucking, I felt like in the beginning I didn't have respect. I felt like I didn't have help. I felt like, although there's a lot of women in trucking now, a lot of the old school truckers that I run into that are women, social media wasn't around. They don't get the flowers that they've gotten um, just being a driver. And so I felt like social media has helped people have a platform. And I feel like by me sharing me being a woman in trucking in the last four years, I definitely feel like um, a factor in the image yeah. of a woman in trucking. Because, you know, I'll be out there sometimes looking rough and then I'm out there cute yeah. in my truck. But it's also very dangerous. So it's like because it's more 
seen now in the last in the last I want to say two years more women have gotten their CDLs and right is breaking records of the women that are getting CDLs right um, but it's very challenging like on our on the physical side like we're dealing with a lot of equipment it's very unsafe as far as just being at the truck stops, um, making sure you're taken care of, like you're being aware, you're being alert, especially if you're a mom, being out there on the road. So on the side of being pretty, I'm going to tell you all the advantages. I get in first sometimes. It's like 10 trucks waiting. I go up to the window like, hey, you know, the finesse of it, um, me being pretty and being a woman, there's times that it works to my advantage. But ultimately, I'm just like any other driver out there. Um, and being a black woman in trucking, there's a whole side of a lot more on log- the logistic side on uh, growing and scaling your business that there's a lot of rooms that you don't see women in, mm-hmm. in transportation that I've been sitting in. There's a lot of rooms that black women aren't sitting in that I that I'm getting in. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around like there's just more impact. There's more hard work. There's more just dedication to this, to the industry if I still want to grow. But I love how I've been an influence to just be an example. Like, it's been hard, but if you want to do it, you can do it. And just because we've been in a male-dominated industry, we're, like, changing even that word. It's not so much male. Yeah. We were, I want to say, under 5%. And uh, those numbers are increasing, so... It's up to, I think, 13.7%. I checked today before your interview. Yes. (laughs) Um, Snaps for that. Yes. (laughs) Well, I love it. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, I think, you know, traditionally just understanding trucking and passing, like growing up, it was okay. You know, the male, he made good money, but he had a woman in every town he was in. Um, I'm still there, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and then a few years, i say probably about four or five, four to six years ago, like trucking, it was, everybody's like, hey, I'm going to get a truck or, you know, I'm going to drive trucks or, you know, whether I'm going to drive trucks or whether I'm going to do like you did and invest in trucks. Um, I totally feel that trucking is one of two of the most critical industries, right? Transportation and medical, right? I feel that they are the most critical and trusted, right? To a degree, because like we don't have a choice. We have to depend on the people who are moving those goods. And it doesn't matter if it's coming by by sea, by air, it still got to hit that truck. Um, And so I think for me, what amazes me is I honor women who I honor women, period. So happy women's month, by the way. Happy Thank women's you. month. Happy women's month to you. Um, but whatever we do, I feel that, you know, we are the bomb at whatever we do, period. But I also am just amazed or intrigued by the things that we decide to do. Like, what is our thought process? Because we really can't do anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I also am intrigued by um, consumerism, like the way in which consumers make decisions and psychology, the way in which we make decisions. And so I learned a long time ago that pretty sales, like like it or not, like pretty sales, whether whether we want to admit it or not, that is facts, you know, all day long. And so I always encourage people to show up as your best self, like, you know, visually, you know, verbally, like your words can be pretty, your words can be pretty and you may not even be physically attractive, right? To that particular person. But if your words are pretty, that sells, Yeah, you know, those things, they, they do make a difference, you know, and it's, it's just the way that we're wired as people. Um, so thank you for answering that question. So honestly, um, actually 15.7%. That's a big jump. Yeah, 15.7. I thought 13 is 15.7% of pro drivers are women. And so my question for you was going to be, for those women who are courageous enough to weather unsafe conditions, who are determined enough to be concerned with mechanics, um, 
Because I know for some people, it's not just about the money. Like they may just have a genuine interest. You know what I mean? Um, it's not like a fail safe for them. It's 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 their career. They have a passion. It's they feel that it's their purpose. Um, what is the best way for them, a, a new woman driver, to get connected to other women in the industry? So, like when you mentioned, hey, you know, as an influencer, I've brought a lot of attention to trucking. You know, and I brought attention to trucking that's educating people, that's empowering people, and that's equipping people, whether they are consumers, you know, they are giving us more respect, you know, or whether they are, you know, partners, you know, they're partnering with us better. And you're in these rooms that where the doors, you know, are cracked and you're able to get in. What's, what is that? Where, how can other women get connected? I would say communities. Okay. Um, I'm not alone in having women in trucking communities, but like even for one of my platforms with Pretty Mother Truck, I have a community where you get networked, you get resource, we keep each other up to date on what's going out there on the road, um, sharing tips. Just we got to stick together out there, yeah. you know. So just being a part of a community, a, a sisterhood, a tribe, however you want to call it, um, just having someone that you can connect, be connected to, that you can rely on to ask a question to get advice you may share something i mean we we go down to the highways like hey the the tent is closed here or hey y'all i found this new gadget where we can pee on the truck easier like a lot of the times we don't get out of the truck like the guys can and just go on the side of the road yeah yeah it's a little it's a little ugly on on trucking when it comes to certain things but we have to go the extra mile to like be clean and just Things that play a role in our day-to-day operations, yeah. being a truck truck driver that's a woman, but just being connected, really. And so find a community. Yeah. Um, social media has been such a blessing to get connected with yeah. other other women, other business owners, other truckers. And so um, even though I have my own, I'm still a part of other communities. Yeah. So... Um... Yeah, you just made it feel so welcoming. If I didn't fall asleep while driving, I mean, like, that just made me feel like I could do this. <laughs> it's, I mean, once you get out there, I would say money was the motivation to to get in to invest. But once I started driving, I love to drive. It's actually, it's actually a piece for me. And when I talk to other women drivers or just drivers in general, like, that's that's a space where, like, I'm listening to my music. I get creative. I start thinking about yeah. things when I'm home. If when I'm in my home environment or my, you know, office environment, when I'm not on the road, I'm working, we're nonstop. Yeah. And so for me, the truck be like, you yeah. just drive. Right. And I, and I've heard, I've not from women, but I've heard men say that they enjoy it because they feel like it, it's a getaway mm-hmm. from like everyday life. So like, What's your typical playlist? Um, it depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, Gemini, I'll be off and on. So you got a little bit of rap. A yeah, bit so of I like trap rap. And then I like like older R&B. I like ODs. Okay. Like uh, SWV, Mint Condition. I listen yeah. to like Older Mary. I like either like that era of R&B okay. or I'll listen to like rap. Um, I listen to a lot of gospel too when I'm out there. Like I'll be having a whole worship worship session while yeah. I'm driving. I'll be listening to my gospel, trying not to cry, trying not to get foggy <laughs> eye, praying, like just the moments. We're out there like 10 hours. You can on the driving, like one route. Yeah. If we're driving for a full day, we can drive up to 10 hours. So it's like you can go through so many motions just by the, oh, yeah. the music that you listen to. <laughs> what I do stay away from being a woman. Like if like at the time, because you got to think I've been driving five years. So over five years, songs that made me think about what was going on in my relationship. If it was like Rocky at, at the time, I would try to stay away from Because you'll be energy. listening to music like he do got me. Like the like listening to like certain music, now even some of the rappers and stuff, the girls, they will have you thinking all kind of stuff. So what you listen to is important about your mood. You're still yeah soaking it up. So... Um, you can go through a lot of motions. So that's normally my playlist. I like older R&B. I love oldies. Yeah. 
I listen to like Minnie Rippleton and yeah, I be listening. Be I be jamming. Back. You listen to your mama's music. <laughs> <laughs> so do you? Do you carry? Can you carry in your truck? Because you different can. states have different. You can. It depends. They and they do. Um, but no, I don't. You don't. Mm-mm. Okay. But I have some things that are back somebody up off of me. That's right. Of course. And then these hands work. Yes. A little bit. And, and God. God is <laughs> yes. covering you. got angels. But, you know, I, I do, like I said, I, I mean, I listen to that type of gospel music on the truck, but everything you do needs to lead in prayer, you know? So before, even like in my community, we pray. We pray for each other. We just pray to stay safe on the road. But before every trip, I have kids. And there's been time the, the kids are with me in the truck. Like during the pandemic, when I was driving, my kids were out of school, like when they they right. gotta come right. So like they were doing, like school through the on the truck. Yeah. And so prayer was very important. Like and not just for the day. Like I prayed a lot throughout the day just to get me back home safe every day. Yes. To my kids or every trip back to my kids and especially when we were on the road. Like anything can happen. It is very dangerous. It's a very. It's a lot of liabilities out there moving around. So. The prayer, I think, is most important. Yeah. Because he's like a shield for everything, no matter what I got on the truck. That's right. You know? Yeah. Well, we I can tell you're covered. Thank you. I can see that. I feel like I'm one of his favorites for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Girl, we neck and neck. We right there, <laughs> side by side. So, fuel, load rates, driver retention, these are the things that I see a lot of on social media is being problems, yes, pain, pain points in trucking right now. What is a problem we don't talk about though? Outside of those, yeah. So outside of fuel rates, what else is your name? And driver retention for running a trucking company, um, just or in trucking. I felt like. Um, and this is an opinion on the culture. When I say culture, of course, like it's not not limited to, but I feel like minorities. I see a lot of Hispanics out there and I see a lot of black owner operators. A lot of them come in money motivated like I did. You know, I can get this truck. I can make this much money. And so in the last few years, the growth that I've seen has been very intense for minority owned trucking companies. And I feel like not as enough as touch on being preventative in operations. So all of those things that you named are on the outside. The rates, those are factors. The fuel is a factor. But ultimately, when you're really heavy in your operations and you understand the structure of your business, like a lot of companies aren't being structured the right way from the beginning. And there's not enough education from the beginning to know what to do, how to do it, and what you need to, what do you need to be doing daily, weekly to maintain your business, grow your business and stay alive in an industry that in a blink of an eye, you can get taken out the wrong repair. You can get taken out. Uh, the wrong driver causing an accident can take you out. Right. So even just being protected, like I always tell people don't do an LLC with a trucking company, do a corp, you know, like protect yourself. Um, because someone can sue your company or someone can ultimately sue you. So the operations, and I would I would say the compliance. So being a third party administrator. I thought you named that because I would agree. Okay, well then no, we're, I didn't. we're we're there. I thought yeah. you named it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely compliance. Um, you know, as a third party administrator, our clients are not properly educated. We have begun to hold, you know, like quarterly trainings but most of the times they don't show up so we really only hear from them when the fmcsa is down when they're back mm -hmm. and it's like reactive versus being very reactive and then them just not even understanding like i've seen uh, i saw one client who kind of was being i would say punked by his driver um and I'm thinking, okay, so he's like, I need a driver. I need to get this guy on the road. So I'm just going to kind of let him do me this kind of way, you know, just so I can get my truck back on the road. You know, this is, this is my perspective of what I, what I was seeing. Um, I've seen clients who have had drivers and SAP programs and then them not really understanding how to validate 
that those SAP requirements had truthfully been met or how they should be managed. Um, you're not running the query, so you don't know if the person is prohibited. You're not even in the clearinghouse. Um, so that compliance piece is is what what I'm seeing. And I'm like, hey, you know, like, y'all, I know you're busy. Like, you know, I know you're, like, busy. You're working in your business, but, like, these are real things that you have to you're, do. You're absolutely right. And so although I didn't say that word compliance, that is what I was specifically talking about when I said setting it, setting up your company properly. Because if you properly set up your trucking company correctly, you would know that you need a clearinghouse account from the very beginning. You would know within compliance how you're operating is are you operating in compliance. And I agree. I, I see so many, even like with my consultations and like strategy calls, they come when there's such a big problem. But it's like, if you do this from the beginning yeah. and you operate within, we're regulated, we're yeah. federally regulated and not enough people understand that aside us making money, if you're not in compliance, you're not operating correctly, you will be shut down. Yeah. And, uh, Giving drivers passes, I would say, because I know you're in what you do, it's it's vital because not running a query, not getting your drivers drug tested and just throwing drivers, you're asking for all the issues that come. You're asking for a disaster, actually. Yeah. Um, because these drivers, they, they do be under the influence. Yeah. You know? And then them to just, you know, understanding and when we, you know, when we have these, you know, trainings or conversations like, hey, we we strive to be the premier provider of transportation compliance in the African-American community, not just because we want to dominate the market, but because we want to make sure you stay in business. Um, we want your drivers to know like, hey, sure, you can take the edible, but if you got to spend $2,500 in a SAP program, then maybe you could just take a flight, relax, <laughs> you know, something else. Like, and I just feel like education provides people with an opportunity to make a choice. So like yes. when you, when you know better, you can do better. Do you know what I mean? Um, and just, just seeing people like, Hey, you know, you had this hope and dream of this company, whether it was for the money, whether it was for the legacy, whatever it was, but it's about to go on the toilet because you're not doing the things you're supposed to do. So we really want to help get more education out there. But I think in this social selling space, people are just so quick to, hey, sign me up. And they're not really understanding what they're signing up for. So within your coaching and your consulting, well, let me take a step back. I'm just curious to see. So you got 100% Tiana White, Pretty Pockets. What what is that divide? What are those dividing percentages? Like how much of you is driving? How much of you is coaching and consulting? You know, how much of you is showing up as the businesswoman representing the trucking community? Like how would you, if you had to put some percentages on it? Well, if we're in 2023 now, so I don't drive. Perfect. I will drive though, but I, I'm not, to. yeah. If you have I'm to. not driving now. A big part of what I'm doing is being hands-on in my own business because I run a trucking company. I um, also have a dispatch company, so delegating and overseeing my dispatchers because we dispatch for other carriers. Okay. Um, I've started leasing on um, owner-operators, and again, it's been very popular more for people to get trucks, but... Now a lot of owners and companies are struggling, so they're looking for a company to lease on to and to take that load off of them to just have more passive income. So a lot of my time is coaching on my platform, um, getting people qualified to be a dispatcher, um, getting people educated on how to start their company correctly. Those are my two main areas of focus, starting and structuring a company correctly and learning how to dispatch either for your own company or to start a dispatching service for yourself. And even within the realm of them, I teach them how to add on other services that are needed. Um, but I'm in the office, um, I'm in front of a screen teaching, I'm on Zooms, I'm on master classes, 
And I'm just making sure that my team is is doing what they have. We are very small. I only have two girls. Uh, and we do a lot. I'm growing. And um, I feel like my percentages are going to fluctuate a lot in the future. Yeah. And um, because I have to get out of my own way. You know, even me and you have had conversations. I'm like, you you operate in. I'm like, take you, the price up, You Tiana. flow. So Take easy. the price up, Tiana. You're like, jump your price up. Get out of so much of your operations. Allow other people to be employed more around you by helping you do what you need to do. And you can't do everything. So, you know, you've given me a lot of gems, which I thank you for. I don't say take the price up just to take the price up. No, up. but I, I, I do feel like I give a lot of value. value. It's because of the it's because of the expertise. That, I mean, you really have a full scale operation. Yeah. Right. And the only way that, you know, I would see you being able to continue to accelerate and step into those rooms that other people may not be able to get Bless into you. as of yet is is really you being able to be freed up to get in there. Yes. And that's going to take higher ticketed coaching programs, which you deserve anyway. Right. So that you can hire that team to do, you know, we call it ABC tasking. Like all tasks are important. Yes, they everybody's are. important. Yes, everybody's important. But you need the A task. Somebody else need the B task, and somebody else need the C task. You know, because you're the one that's been called to blaze the path, blaze the trail. Yeah, so that's been my. You can. That's oh. okay. You get in there, and you. I'm can, getting and, there, and you've been. You you know you here in the ATL, and you know that's all we do here. So yeah, that's, that's, that's and I think it. my heart, my heart plays a big role too because I'm always trying to like reach back down to the ones that I don't. Know, I just remember being in a spot to where like I didn't have help and I didn't have yeah a lot going on. Yeah. So it's just like trying to make my products super affordable. Um, helping people that are a little bit disadvantaged. So like my heart be like, make it to where they can afford it. But then on the business mindset, it's like your value is way too high. I give a, I help too many people. Um, But I mean, it's just all a transition too for me. So yeah, I had a, um, one framework that I used to use as a coach. I would ask people, what was their learning format? Like, Hey, do you learn best? With a replay, do you learn best being in person? And then what's your budget? And my my intention really was to identify a product or service that I had that would suit them. And then I was working with one of one of the coaches that's on my coaching team. This was last year, but she's on my coaching team this year as well. And in our conversation last year, she was like, it's not your business whether they can pay you or not. It's their business. Your business, your business is to provide the value. Their business is to make a decision and pay for your service or your product. And it took a minute for that to sink in. Um, but I will say that I did adopt that format in my coaching program. And it is effective in terms of if people want to, just like they want the Louis, the Burberry, you know, the whatever, right? Because those people are not asking them. They're not lowering their prices. Yeah. Not one day out of the week, right? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> they raising their prices, right? <clears throat> and that is truthfully perceived value. You know what I mean? So I think about like, hey... I used to collect purses was my thing, right? Purses was my thing. And I would collect, I wouldn't buy a lot of purses, but when I bought a purse, I would really be buying a purse. And a couple of months ago, I was like, it's crazy. I finally got to the point where I don't want these purses anymore. So what do you mean when you say when I was buying a purse, I would really be buying a purse? <laughs> Does it mean like you were looking at this purse and then you wanted it? You maybe saved for it. You're like, when I go get my next bag, it's going to be this yeah, one. Yeah, like, were you intentional yeah, with I the would buy? court them. Okay. Yeah, like, like scout them out, research them, you know, Pin them down. Like, I remember that was even his Brahmin bag. And I mean, a Brahmin is 
people probably don't think much about Brahmin in today's world, but like at that point in time, like Brahmin was a thing, you know, and it was like a doctor's bag. So it was very unique. It was blue and it looked like that. It was just ooh, top tier quality. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, but now I get to this space and I'm like, I don't even want this purse. I don't even want these purses anymore. And it's, you know, it's been, it took a while now to get there, but I am there. And so that is to say that you have brands. You are a brand. I am a brand. Louis is a brand. Gucci is a brand. You have brands that from their standpoint, you know, they're, 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 they're not lowering their prices. Well, I know Gucci does, but I'm going to use Louis because Louis ain't doing it. Right. No, Louis ain't doing it. And I think that's what we have to be too. You know, our job is to provide the value. So if I'm providing the value, this is the price ticket for the value that I provide. Now it's up to you to go and figure out how you can obtain this product or this service, you know, that I have. And at the end of the day, if somebody want that Louis bag, they're going to save their money. They're going to get their man to buy it. They're going to get it. Their mama to buy it. They're going to figure it out. Yeah. And I think that that is super important, especially in the coaching um, and consulting space, particularly for African-Americans, because it helps reduce that perspective of entitlement. Um, You know, you owe me something because I just paid you because I don't care about your review. And I don't care about your social receipt. Like, sure, I'm going to ask my clients if, you know, hey, would you be willing to do a review, you know, or give us a testimonial? But I don't care enough about it to reduce my prices for it. Do you know what I mean? Because um, I would like to think that the value that I provided, it would be, entren- like, it would just be automatic. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would just, like, for example... You were at Toast yesterday. I knew that just because I follow you and I saw your post. So I'm sharing that off the strength. Do you know what I mean? I'm just sharing that off the strength because I find value in somebody seeing a beautiful, intelligent leader in this space. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just have to... It's okay. You'll get I, there. No, I am. I think it, that's one of my struggles because as entrepreneurs and as coaches and as leaders, and I battle with making things here for certain people mm-hmm. um, and then knowing, like, I literally get tips all the time. I get people who get my course. Mm-hmm. So right now I've been selling it for $97. So I've always been a number girl, right? I was going to give an example. I can sell sell it. It's well worth over $2,500. But I'm like, oh, if I just sell 15 or 20 a day, I made, you know, $1,500 a day. I might, that's equivalent to one a day. But uh, I know the values there because like I get tips all the time. Like, I cannot believe you sold this for $97. You know, like, I'm sending you 150 or I'm sending you $200. Like, can I get your cash app? Can I get your Zelle? Like I get it a lot. So it's very flattering. It makes me, it, it has validated me being an educator for me because this is an industry that they don't see women teaching what I'm teaching. And so for me, by me hopping into, I've been doing this and now I'm going to teach it. I think it was something personal that I needed to, a space I needed to be in just to know, like, am I doing this right? Do people like me? Are people learning? Like, I always have very thought very highly of myself, but as an educator, mm-hmm. as me teaching, am I elite at this? Mm-hmm. And so by me teaching and having my my classes and my workshops and my courses for a year, and like I haven't heard anything negative about my brand It's like, well, I hope y'all caught me when y'all did because the price is going up. So tell me, um, it's March 5th, 2024. Where do you see Tiana? Where do you see Pretty Pockets, the brand, Pretty Mother, Trucker? Where where do you see those three entities? Where do you see those? 
a compound of in the trucking space 2024 uh, um I would like to have a a mutual space where all of the different businesses that I do as far as in the trucking space are in one area and as far as pretty pockets uh, I see my brand actually elevating I'm rebranding right now just like in a vault when I first launched, I didn't know marketing. I didn't know any of that. So for Pretty Pockets, I see I see me being at well over a thousand women and bringing uh, connections of network, not just about trucking, all industries, all careers, all women that want to elevate themselves. Me being a strong network to um, be able to come to events, feel good, feel pretty, work. Um, meet other valuable women, meet other leaders, just meet women that you can be relatable to or you can be influenced by or inspired by them. I'm, I'm inspired by so many women now at my age and when I was a teenager, like I meet so many dope women. So I know Pretty Pockets is going to be a brand um, that a lot of women are going to to look and be excited to want to be a part of. And so the membership there, I definitely see that in 2024. And on the trucking side, um, being a superstar. Like, okay, no, do you not got a superstar? I feel superstar? like my face and my brand uh, is gonna grow. Um, I've just been praying, and I just know like my timing, and I feel like next year is going to be a higher year for me, mentally, physically. Um, even just con controlling them emotions in business. Like I've growing and I've grown so much. So I know like from where I was at in 2021, where I'm at in 2023, 2024 is going to be a very great year. I know as far as um, Pretty Mother Trucker, on the compliance side, I'm, I'm dropping new products. So focusing on drivers, focus on the compliance, focus on the audits, just having more availability for uh, different areas of trucking that people may specifically need help in. Yeah. So the brand is going to be branding, um, definitely not stopping growing, but honestly, um, I don't know where exactly I'll be, but I know a lot of opportunities are coming my way. And so That's just praying for the right. Yeah. Right. Um, kind of like the discernment of, of what opportunities to take and what to not take, because a lot of, uh, opportunities do come and sometimes I get stuck like do I say yes or do I say no do I let this pass or do I yeah you know hold on to it or just see see how it goes and I just just praying that God still has me here just to keep impacting I think that's the biggest thing that I hold on to is I love doing what I do now but hearing how I made women feel or how I've helped them like the impact of what I've been doing in these last few years, I've been holding on to that very valuable. So I know 2024 is just going to be probably more intense. Okay. Well, I want you to be able to come back to this episode. And you told me you were a numbers girl. So you already said we're going to have a thousand members for Pretty Pockets. What's going to be our numbers for Pretty Mother Trucker? Or is it going to be like a revenue number or is it going to be a member number there? Pretty Mother Trucker. I haven't touched seven figures yet. Okay. Pretty mother trucker. So we can, if we want to put a number on it, it'll be seven, seven figures. figures. I heard that. Okay. All right. And then what about Tiana? Tiana, um, balance, more balance, more balance, a workaholic. Okay. So still just flourishing really, um, and able to maintain any success that comes my way any opportunities, any exposure that as I grow in finances, because I know that that's coming, uh, I don't get lost in anything and I stay grounded. I stay yeah. connected in my faith, uh, stay balanced in being a great mother because I know a lot of things for me are going up and I just, I always pray like I don't never get lost. Yeah. That's in good. the success. Yeah, that's good. I just got a couple more. Um, so 
What's one adjective that comes to mind when you hear each of these words? Safety. Prepared. What about relationships? Intentional. Future. Not the rapper. <laughs> Focused. Truck. Expensive. Challenge. Dedicated. So I saw um, a tweet today that Lily McGee is noted as the first female to own a trucking firm. Do you think that women will ultimately dominate the trucking industry or do you even think it matters? I don't think it matters anymore. I'm excited to see the new history breaking news and events that take place in positions. But ultimately, I, I feel overall uh, women are proving themselves and, yeah. and we're, we're dominating a lot of industries. I feel like even in your industry, um, it's like your top tier. Like, who's your competition? I don't even see other. <laughs> not to say you're looking for one, but I really, I never. My my industry is a little bit competitive right now. A lot of women are touching into getting into the space where I'm in, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't ran across anybody who could be your competition yet in your industry. So I love listening. You know. Listen to you. I'm going to have to donate to that seven figure. <laughs> no, I don't. Like, I don't. And so I just think overall, like, we're just killing it. I think yeah. a lot of women are really goal-oriented, driven, and know what they want to do. And the opportunity of entrepreneurship is amazing. So It is. It is. It is. I um wrote a book called Becoming Coachable. And I wrote it um, to support people in identifying the best coach or best coaching team to help them, you know, realize their goals and dreams, whatever they would be. Because I really feel like, I mean, you were successful before you got into trucking. You were successful before you became an entrepreneur. I was successful before I became an entrepreneur. But I am successful in being an entrepreneur, I feel, because of the coaching team that I had, right? Could I have done it myself? Sure. There was an entrepreneurship degree down in Nova Southeastern. I did international business instead of entrepreneur. Yeah, sure. I'm sure I could have did it, but I feel like the, the path that I've had has been because of my coaching team. So I feel it's like super important for people to identify the best coach. Like, so when they come to work with Tiana White, whether it's under Pretty Mother Trucker or whether it's under, you know, Pretty Pockets, like they know exactly why they are there. Um, because there are so many of us who are not living out our purpose that God has given us, which is keeping us from impacting. So like it's so cool and amazing that you are so intimate with what you're supposed to be doing with who you're supposed to be doing it and some people and you have the courage and you know the grit to get it done and so many people don't have that so the point of the book is really to support people and 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 also to be honest with you the point is to prepare them to to not pay t on a $97 but be ready to pay her $9,700. Okay, everybody get the book. <laughs> if that is what... If Truck that is, Bob, Pretty Mother Trucker. <laughs> get the book. <laughs> to prepare them for that, literally, because if if that is if that is what it takes, you know, and we don't have enough time on this particular podcast, but just what I find is that... Um, when I invest in, when I invest, and I used to say when I invest in somebody else, so let's say I was going to do the dispatching class. And I would say, you know what? I find I found that when I invested in Tiana, when I bought her $97 product, you know, X, Y, and Z happened that allowed, you know, that gave me my money back. But what God told me over this weekend after attending um, the conference that I was at, which is why I wasn't at the rooftop, um, is is that it wasn't that I was investing in Tiana. I was investing in myself. Yeah. And he 
was pouring back into that for me to continue to invest in myself. And so, um, I want to personally thank you for everything, for the good girl energy that you just spread in because we need more of that. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your heart. Um, but my hope for you is that you're going to come back and watch this podcast. You're going to be at that seven figures. You're going to have that team that you talked about. And that $97 is going to be 9700 <laughs> or 900700 whatever it is that you need it to be. Because the Jeff Bezos, and I think that's might like, that's just us as African-American women. Like Jeff Bezos ain't doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, the Wal the Waltons ain't doing that. None of those people are doing that. And a lot of times we feel like we have to do certain, we can still love our community and still command the respect of our community through our pricing. Because the more that people invest in themselves, the better positioned they are for you to, or the better position you are to serve them. Does that make sense? Because then you don't got to be spread here, there, and everywhere. You know, you can pay your sister a good six-figure salary, you know, to come and, you know, take over this segment of your company. Do you know what I mean? So I just, that's my, that's my wish for you. I receive it. That's my thank wish you. for you. So I just want to thank you. Um, can you go ahead and do your drop? Let, let the folks know where to find you and why they need to find you. Thank you for having me, Sheila. So you guys can follow me at Pretty Mother Trucker, which is Pretty Mother with M-U-T-H-A Trucker T-R-U-C-K-A on Instagram. Pretty Pockets 100 on Instagram. Um, everything is Pretty Pockets, like TikTok, <laughs> YouTube, and um I'm doing big things, so you're probably going to see me in a city near you if you pay attention. Rich friends, that concludes another episode of I Am Sheila Michelle. None other than the beautiful Tiana White, Pretty Pockets, Pretty Mother Trucker. So excited to have her on the show today. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs>